0: You go crazy because unless you know that you really are alive, you can't really hit this full thing. You see, you are now live. I am now live. Okay. Thank you, Lily, and uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to 8:18, 2022. Hope everyone's doing well. Middle of August. Hard to imagine. September is just around the corner. In saying that, we have a great quiz for you, so let me show you some cases. Um, this is a great case, multiple low-density lesions in the liver in a female who's 30ish with abdominal pain. What would you think about? If the patient was febrile, you could think about abscesses, right? A patient had surgery, a patient had abscesses, IV drug abuse, a patient had a known primary, you think about metastatic disease like colon cancer or many other primary tumors. It doesn't look like multifocal hepatoma. It does not look like hemangiomas, FNH, or hepatic adenomas. Lesions are all that can be multiple. It's not cysts. It measures about 70 Hounsfield units in terms of attenuation or so. And the rest of the abdomen looks pretty good. It's really something in the liver. So when I quiz people on this, everyone went through the differential. Metastasis, multifocal hepatoma, they didn't like that. Abscesses. they didn't really like that, but it was a thought. But just we went through a whole bunch of things you went through and this is one of those cases where you learn a lot it's a very unusual diagnosis epithelioid hemangioendothelioma of the liver it's a tumor primary it's like a vascular tumor of the liver intermediate malignancy somewhere between hemangioma which is benign and angiosarcoma which is very aggressive it's an interesting tumor it's young to middle aged women can be diffusely infiltrating The most of the time is multifocal disease, very much like you're seeing here. Again, it's an unusual tumor, but again, we all learn something. If you see multiple hepatic lesions in a patient with no known malignancy, no cirrhosis, and particularly if it's a female and it's younger, gotta think about this EHE, epithelioid hemangioendothelioma of the liver. Again, when you do conferences, we want people to think, so the most important thing is to think about what the differential diagnosis is, not specifically to think about that you get it right or wrong. Okay, and again, could be infiltrating multiple lesions is the most common appearance. Good article, insights into imaging. That's out of Europe, that journal. It's kind of like the radiographics of the ECR. Next case, weight loss. So I stuck with the liver theme. There's a mass in the dome of the liver. When you look at the axials, it looks like it's somewhat vascular, but well-defined. And when you look at the coronals, it also looks well-defined, maybe a pseudocapsule. It's somewhat vascular. When you look at the MIP imaging, and I love MIP for looking at the images of the liver or kidney, because look how nicely you see the neovascularity. That's not the vascular appearance of FNH, where there's a central vessel. It's not the appearance of hemangioma, where there's peripheral puddling it's not an AV malformation. This is a bad looking vessels. This looks like malignancy, mass in the liver even though there's no cirrhosis that we could see, vascular well-defined pseudocapsule, lesion washes out. You see the pseudocapsule well there. What are we dealing with? Hepatoma. Vascular even, even in younger patients, this patient was 30-ish and I was having a theme of the talk which were Lesions in younger females, but hepatoma is still at the top of your list for many things, particularly if a patient has cirrhosis. Another case right up a quadrant pain, a markedly vascular liver lesion, and then there's something in the porta. Now, if that was the pancreas, you would say a neuroendocrine tumor, metastatic to the liver. So it's a thought. But if it's liver, what do you think about? Hepatoma. Hepatoma is very vascular at times, but not with vascular nodes like this, um, a classic hepatoma that is, it doesn't look like hemangioma, it doesn't look like FNH, if it's hepatic adenoma, which it could be, then it would be a malignant transformation of hepatic adenoma into malignancy, metastasis, let's say angiosarcoma perhaps, metastatic neuroendocrine tumor with nodes and liver is a possibility. Here's just a few more images, very nicely showing that the pancreas is okay, those masses are peripancreatic and represent adenopathy. There's some calcification of the lesion, best seen on the MIP imaging. So what are you thinking about? Again, a younger female, hepatoma is typically with cirrhosis, but there is a variant of hepatoma. Younger patients, mainly female, fibrolamella hepatoma. Very vascular, younger patients, Nodes are often vascular. What a great case. And then sticking with the spectrum of liver, what about this mass? This was in a child, single digits in age, but there's an infiltrating in the liver lesion, or a lesion infiltrating in the liver, with neovascularity and stretching of the vessels. Well, if you have a pediatric patient and you're thinking malignancy, you always think about hepatoblastoma. So I showed you hepatoma, classic, fibrolamella hepatoma, EHE, and hepatoblastoma. Four great liver cases, more common in the younger patients. In uh, the first couple, was, or the ones in the middle, EHE, for example, more common in the women. I showed this case as a patient who had a mass on chest x-ray, and there's a big mass in the apex of the right lung. It's an expansile lesion. You could say, well, it could be a tumor. Well, it looks like a tumor, but it doesn't look like a lung tumor invading the chest wall. It looks like it starts in the chest wall, and when you look at it, it really does start in the chest wall, but if you look carefully, it's starting in a rib. Now, of course, you could think about things like a chondrosarcoma. That's something good to think about. That's a real possibility. You could think about metastasis, an expansile lesion, myeloma, perhaps. But this patient had no known malignancy, the patient was not really sick, was not febrile. What else can do this? What gives you an expansile lesion? In this case, looks like it's arising from the rib, kind of looks aggressive, it's large. I don't see much else, and the answer is fibrous dysplasia. What a great diagnosis. Fibrous dysplasia can give you focal abnormalities in a rib, but often small, but it can give you really extensive abnormalities and that's the case here where there's a large mass, we go through a large differential, and fibrous dysplasia, again, should be something you consider. I put this case in into the chest section. Patient with neck swelling, I just like this case. You don't see the left jugular vein, it's occluded or severely compressed. You see necrotic nodes in the left neck, but that could be a lot of things, head and neck tumor, but you also see the Whatever's involving, it's also involving into the muscle posteriorly. And so, again, you can think about a head and neck tumor, lymphoma, usually nodes aren't so cystic in the neck unless the patient's been treated. But one thing you should consider, and this patient also had a cough and fever, which again could be lymphoma, particularly if you had mediastinal adenopathy, but one thing to consider is infection. What gives you low-density nodes? What gives you cystic necrotic nodes? Everything points to TB. And TB can occur in the neck, it can occur in the spine, obviously we think about the lungs, but it can occur in the abdomen, look like mesothelioma, could occur in the liver and spleen, but necrotic nodes, TB was the answer for cystic neck nodes. Great case. Another case, rule out this section. The key thing here to notice is, look at the patient's left atrium. There's an outpouching from the left atrium into the right atrium. Now you might think about a patent ductus, not a patent ductus, you may think about a patent foramen ovale PFO, but you don't see that jet stream. It looks like just something bulging in to the patient's right atrium, very nicely shown, and that's an atrial septal aneurysm. Sometimes they have to repair those. But again, the key thing is not to confuse it with a patent foramen ovale, which always needs to have surgery. Patient with chest pain and shortness of breath. I'm gonna show you three cases. The challenge I always think about when you have a filling defect in the heart is is it tumor or is it thrombus? Sometimes it's obvious what's the right answer and sometimes not so much. In this case, the mass is against the posterior wall of the left atrium maybe some faint calcifications present, fairly smooth, does not really enhance when you go from arterial to venous. Beautifully shown on these images as well. So you're thinking myxoma, most common location of myxoma is the left atrium, but usually it's in the atrial intraatrial groove. This is not, this is posterior wall. You can think about thrombus, not the world's best location for thrombus, but thrombuses can occur anywhere. What about METs to the atrium? Those are all possibilities. There's no history of a primary tumor. What's the answer? Left atrial myxoma. Okay, think about that. Next case, there's another defect, but it's in the right atrium. I will admit, when I think about right atrium, I always think about tumor extension from below or above, SVC or IVC, or I think about something related to a catheter and a thrombus. You can have atrial myxomas in the right atrium, but they're pretty, pretty rare, so you gotta be thinking about something else. So here you can see the filling defect, and if you look hard, the patient has a catheter in place. This was a thrombus at the end of a catheter in the right atrium. Again, sometimes it's an easy call, particularly when the catheter is still there. Sometimes the catheter was removed previously, so not so easy. What about this case? Same history. But now there's a defect extending in the left atrial appendage. Now, it's not layering out, so it's not a pseudo lesion. You can see it on the negative display. It's really real. Could it be a tumor? Yes, but right atrial appendage, it's essentially always gonna be thrombi or clot. Very nice example of thrombus in the left atrial appendage. Okay, so now we talked about thrombus, we talked about atrial myxoma, and again, some of the easy and difficult cases and things you need to think about. What about this back pain patient? It was rule out this section, but you see paraspinal masses. You could think about extramedullary hematopoiesis, but the bones don't look like that. When you scan down into the abdomen, you see multiple other lesions. You're not gonna get extramedullary hematopoiesis down the entire spine, and the masses in the psoas muscles are low density, and then you get down to the pelvis, and there's a huge mass present, extensive low density masses. This is the classic appearance of somebody with neurofibromatosis. And the pariotic masses are not the sections, obviously, they're just neurofibromas. Neurofibromas can be soft tissue density or low density, they can enhance. This patient also had the big mass in the pelvis, which was a sarcoma. Sarcoma is the generation into malignancy of a neurofibroma. And again, just a beautiful example. So again, periodic, you think about tumor, think about lymphoma, adenopathy. It surrounds the aorta, you think about Ernheim-Chester. You can think about extra hematopoiesis, but also consider neurofibromatosis or something in that range. Patient with chest pain. This is a great conference case. The key thing is multiple calcifications in the chest wall and also anterior metastinum. But what gives you soft tissue calcifications? Well, you can be electrocuted. That's always a thought. When you had one breast, maybe it was trauma, but two breasts, that's less likely. Also, malignancy can give you calcifications, but not so extensive punctate calcifications. I showed a case last year of some unusual infectious worm like infections, which can calcify. The MIP really brings it out, really brings it out. And this ended up being in the differential trauma, tumors, necrosis, inflammation, chemotherapy-induced tissue damage, but that's often related to contrast extravasation or just chemo extravasation into soft tissues, repeated heel sticks in that location. But when you see it in the chest, amyloidosis is your answer. Now, just a wonderful example of amyloidosis. Again, very unusual but it's a great differential diagnosis, soft tissue calcification, trauma, infection, amyloidosis. Local, you think tumor, particularly when there's a mass present or trauma, but so diffuse, so pretty symmetric, so many dots, amyloidosis. Well, that's a mess of cases, and I hope you liked them. I hope they were helpful. You may notice now that not only are we doing cases on Facebook, but we're doing case quizzes on YouTube. And just to make everybody happy, uh, I am not doing the same cases. So yesterday we posted a new quiz I did live on YouTube. And today, this quiz you're doing right now is on Facebook. And all the cases were different. So there's more cases for you to think about. We wish you could join us when we do the cases live on Wednesday at 12 o'clock and I quiz the faculty, but we can't do that. So this is the next best thing. And I hope you have a great day. Thanks a lot. Bye.